wild experience. One of the crazier fun stories that stick out in my mind, um, we were at the vice president's residence. At one time, at one point, we got reassigned to go to the vice president's residence to help the Secret Service if, God forbid, something happened there. One morning, we're driving there in a bus. Now, picture like 60 guys. We're just not showering. We're not sleeping. You know, it's gross at that point. We're eating whatever food we can get our hands on. And uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen came on the radio, the bus. And where I was sitting, um, a few of the guys, we started singing. And it was so neat that, like, again, this take the circumstances out, like the historic nature of what we were actually doing. You know, we were at a gate waiting to go in the vice president's area, like on his personal residence. And Bruce Springsteen comes on, and you have a bunch of these New Jersey soldiers sitting on a bus. You know, there were probably like 10 to 12 of us that were in the back of the bus started singing it. And it was just one of those moments where, and Jesse, we could talk about it probably for the next three days. Like Bruce's music transcends so much. And, and at the same time, it is so, so much of those moments. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Less Than Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me tonight is a guest that the masses pushed me to have. Frank Luna tweeted something, and all of a sudden, I had two or three people like, oh, you should have Frank on the podcast. You should have Frank on the podcast. So, Frank, due to popular demand, thank you for joining me. It's amazing what the masses can do on Twitter, Jesse. Absolutely. All three of them. them, We're in business. You know, sometimes it's good to know that Twitter can be used for good, not necessarily bad, because I will tell you, Today, I got randomly selected by Twitter to answer questions about politics on Twitter. And, you know, they were asking, you know, what do you do? And and I was able to tell. And uh, it was it's it's very interesting how I am. I saw that on your LinkedIn page, you spent time working for the administration, right? You you worked in state government, right? Yeah. 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 I worked. Yep. I worked. uh, you know, I spent 15 years um, in politics and government, mostly in New Jersey. Okay. Um, and you know, I was I worked for Governor Christie, which I think might have been the comment that led somebody to tag me. I, I, yeah. I would, you know, something like that. And so I worked for Governor Christie from his first campaign through, uh, you know, just shy of the second inauguration. Okay. Um, and, and that was, you know, a wild experience being a kid from Southern Ocean County, which if you're familiar with New Jersey, a uh, very, very middle class, right. uh, Bay Shore community, um, you know, to be a kid of a, you know, my mother was a hairdresser. My dad was a mechanic at the, the local military base, um, right. you know, to, so to be the first kid in my family to go to college and then end up working for a governor, I mean, Take politics out of it, you know, whether you like the politician or not, 
it was just a really neat part of my life to, to, to do that. Well, you know what I was, my boss in my day gig um, has been involved with politics, his, uh, most of his adult life. And, and he's run campaigns and like he talked about, he always picks the person. So he's worked for Republicans. He's worked for Democrats. It's always a person he believes in. And we were talking about how fractured the society is. And I gave him the example, you know, I always joke that, and and I'm not joking. I I would love to have Governor Christie on the job and I would not talk politics at all. I would talk about his fandom of Bruce Springsteen and also him being this huge Roger Staubach fan, right? Like, you know, living in Jersey and becoming a Cowboy fan. I would just Uh, love to hear that because, you know, I live in Dallas and I, am every time that happens because i always just kind of tongue-in-cheek like maybe one day someone running his twitter will go hey governor christie do you want to talk springsteen um and i always get hate tweets that say i won't listen to that one oh yeah i'd want to be on the show so i could just tell him what a pos he is and i'm like yeah come on guys this is i'm not I'm, I'm not having someone who incited a riot on January 6th. I'm just going to talk to a guy about Bruce the same way I'm talking to anyone else. Yeah. And, and Jesse, I think we've just lost sight of that so much. Um, you know, I've listened to some of your other podcasts and, you know, you, you talk, you touched on it. Like everything has become so political yeah. that, but, and here's the thing. I don't think it's necessarily very new. Yeah. I just think we hear it more. You know, the, yeah. the news is 24-7. Uh, social media, uh, you know, we we see arguments 24-7. Yes. So, and generally, the negative attention, negative things catch our attention for whatever reason. I right. don't know why. If it, it leads, it, if it bleeds, it leads, right? That's yes. forever, yeah. you know, for yep. sweeps weeks, right? You know? Yeah. Um, but Chrissy, he, he's an interesting cat, man. Like, and, and you talk, we could talk, that guy, I mean, you want to talk Bruce Springsteen, talking it with him is like, you need to be on another level times five. Exactly. Even like be in the same realm. Like that is a guy who spent decades driving up and down the parkway in, in New Jersey, trying to find Bruce Springsteen in Asbury Park in the yeah. 80s. I mean, he taught, and Harlan Coben was a friend of him, of yeah. his growing up. And he even talks about how they would just hop in the car and drive south because they heard Bruce might be somewhere near the stone pony. And I can tell you, I have done that now I'm 38. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking generations of New Jersey people and probably even further. If you think about like light of day, people come from Europe. Right. Expecting Bruce to be just in case. Yes. Just in case. But Christy, I'll tell you a quick, funny story. But you mentioned the Cowboys. Um, I was at a Giants Cowboys and I'm a Giants fan, born and raised in the Jersey shore, Giants, Yankees, like that's, what what it is yeah. for me and we're at a giants cowboys game and uh a few years ago i was in the governor's box and you know i've known the governor at this point then governor chris i knew him for yeah. a while you know just from being around and um you know i he's got that scrappy blue collar mentality and you know i i come i'm cut from that cloth so i, I think there were times that we could rib each other in a way that you wouldn't necessarily rib the governor of the state of right. New Jersey. Exactly. <laughs> like you have to be able to like do it. You know, right. you can't exactly. like miss. You can't swing and miss. 
Um, so the Giants were playing the Cowboys. The Giants just had great play, an amazing play. And, of course, I got up and celebrated. And I was sitting across the aisle from him. So I was on an aisle seat. He was on an aisle seat. And I'm, like, fired up. I'm turning at him. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm talking. I'm chatting a little bit. Sure. And he pulls on my shirt. Like, he just reaches over. He pulls on my shirt. And he looks down at the field and he points. He says, Frankie, there's a little laundry on the field. You might want to sit down. <laughs> oh, I love that. And that's like, again, love him or hate him, like take politics out of it. Like that was just such a, like such a, like that's a real person moment. Yes. And, and I think politics for whatever reason, it's just become so clouded. And, you know, if you're on this side, you're evil. If you're on this side, you're not. And, you know, the, I, I just, I can't, honestly, I can't stand it right now. Jesse. Yeah. I, it's just, it's mind boggling to me. We, we've all, one of the things I love that Bruce does, you know, he, he has the local food banks yes. collecting money outside of his shows. I don't know how long he's done it. Probably a very long time. I mean, a long time. I mean, I think that's one of the earliest things he did at his shows. So, you know, I love that. Because to me, that's where the rubber meets the road. It's those local grassroots groups. And it's not like he just picks like one big organization that does every show. Like it's a local group at every show that's like feeding people in the street. Like when he's here, he talks about the North Texas Food Bank. Right. And uh, yeah. And And dude, uh, I love that. I do too. That to me, that's it. Like those those are the things that I try to focus my time and energy on. You know, what is the local group that I can raise $150 for on a Facebook right. post? You know, it's so I just, you know, take politics out of it. They're going to do what they're going to do in DC. They're going to do what they're going to do in the state capital of Texas. Um, right. and, you know, it, it's just, we got to remember, man, like we're people and we can do yes. a lot to help each other out at a very granular level. Yeah. Um, we remember that. You know, um, I did want to tell you, and then we'll get to, but I, I, you mentioned Harlan Coben and one of my favorite writers, right? And so he was, this is pre-pandemic. He had come to Dallas at a book signing. And so, you know, he had done a reading, he had talked about the book. And so I'm standing in the back and they go, anyone got questions? Man, I just shot my hand up just immediately, Hell right? Yeah. <laughs> And he goes, yes, you in the back. I said, um, so are, have you already, are you going to get Springsteen on Broadway tickets? <laughs> and he's like, that is not the question I expected first <laughs> in my book signing. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I am hoping to go. <laughs> now then, questions about the book, you know, and yep. I kind of, you know, and so when I got up there and signed, he laughed at it and we joked and uh, he actually on the book said, I, you know, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll meet you at Badlands or, or something oh, like so that. Cool. I'll meet you in Jungle Land, I think he wrote. Yep. And so he's one that I also would love to have on the show. Just and, and it would be tougher for me not to talk about his books because I'm such a fan, but it would sure. just love to hear him talk about his Springsteen. All right. Well, Frank, uh, you kind of already, but give us a little introduction. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, Jesse, born and raised at the Jersey Shore. Like I said, I mean, my my mother was a hairdresser. You know, they're still with us. You know, when she yeah. worked, she was a hairdresser. My dad was a, a, a mechanic on aircraft carriers at the, nice. the local military base. Um, you know, very normal Jersey Shore upbringing. I, I, my brother became a cop. My sister became a nurse. You know, yeah. you know, very uh, 
just the, the salt of the earth people that in my mind kind of make our country go, you know, and, yes, and absolutely. I think especially during this pandemic and, you know, the issues that have been brought to light in the law enforcement community over the past few years, uh, the difficulties, uh, uh, you know, if you're a good cop, you, you've experienced difficulty yes. in, in seeing how some of your colleagues act, you know, seeing how some folks in, in the community may feel about you that you don't even know because right. you've never had those conversations. You've never listened because it's never been brought to your attention. So, uh, you know, I just think about all that they've gone through. My brother as a police officer and, and my sister, who's a nurse through COVID, oh. I, I mean, just, it, it's amazing. You know, they, they just, to me, um, you know, I, I look up to my, I'm the oldest and I just look up to my brother and sister so much, dude. I, I just, what they do day in and day out, man, I, I've done some cool things in my life, but they, I can't hold a candle to what they do and how they, they act and carry themselves. And, um, you know, it's really, really awesome. Uh, like, you know, we touched on, I've worked in politics and government. Um, right now I work for uh, the local power company kind of helping, which I love. It's such a cool job because I'm in the community. Uh, I'm working on issues. You know, we talked about where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. I spent 20 minutes on the phone with a lady today who was upset that a streetlight was out by her house, you know, yeah. and, and, and that to me matters. Like that's being it makes a difference to, to her life. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. you know, who wants to spend 20 minutes on the phone talking about a streetlight? Nobody, no. but she did, you know, yeah. and, and that to me is just a recurring theme in my life where it's like, how can I just make that extra phone call? How can I do that one extra thing? And I'm not perfect at it. I'm right. very imperfect on a million levels. Ask, ask anyone who's ever dated me. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's just, I, and again, I'm lucky guy. I'm 38. I, I have a great job. I'm in the army national national guard, um, which has been a, a very interesting course of events. Uh, you know, I was down at the Capitol yeah. after the events of January 6th. So, I mean, Oh, wow. That must've been scary. It was, Jesse, honestly, it wasn't scary. And, okay. and it, because, good. and here's why it was when you're, you're a trained, we're, we're an infantry unit. So we're infantry okay. soldiers, you know, we're, we're trained for, for that. And, and yeah. I was not there the day of the event. I was right. there a few days after, you know, I was in that first wave when everybody woke up and saw us sleeping in the Capitol. Like I was one of those guys, Yeah. which, um, you know, we look, it, it was an, an, a wild experience. One of the crazier fun stories that stick out in my mind. Um, we were at the vice president's residence at one time, at one point we got reassigned to go to the vice president's residence okay. to help the secret service. If God forbid something happened there. Right. One morning, we're driving there in a bus. Now, picture like 60 guys. We're just not showering. We're not sleeping. You know, we're sure. just gross at that point. We're yeah. eating whatever food we can get our hands on. And uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen came on the radio yeah. on the bus. And where I was sitting, um, a few of the guys, we started singing. And it was so neat that like, again, this take the circumstances out, like the historic right. nature of what we were actually doing. You know, we were at a gate waiting to go in the vice president's area, like on his personal residence. And Bruce Springsteen comes on and you have a bunch of these New Jersey soldiers sitting on a bus. You know, there were probably like 10 to 12 of us that were in the back of the bus started singing it. And it was just one of those moments where, and Jesse, we could talk about it probably for the next three days. Like Bruce's music transcends so much. And, and at the same time, it is so, so much of those moments. So, um, you know, that, that's just a rare, very good. 
No, I, I'm thinking of that um, almost famous scene, right, where they're all on the bus and, uh, you know, Elton John's tiny dancer comes on, right, and they all start, you know, they're all, there's all this, they're mad at each other, yeah. and then all of a sudden, you know, that kind of music breaks the ice, and, you know, so I'm picturing that my moment, you know, uh, the yeah. Bruce song going on, and just here's all these guys, and just yeah. bonding, yeah. that's that's great. It was, and, you know, even just now, you know, that was gosh, almost a year ago now. Yeah. And I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. You know, that was one of many moments in um, just crazy experiences that Bruce is that, and how many Bruce fans say this, Bruce is the soundtrack to my life. It, you know, in so many different moments, right, Jesse? I mean, it, it is, it is the reason I now have almost 700 episodes of this podcast. I've been yep. doing it for six years and I, I, I always worry that I'm going to run out of people to talk to. And I just don't because so many people love this man's music. And then also when you branch it out, because I do this, you know, I'll, I'll talk to people and I'm like, like in LinkedIn or someone will reach out or another podcaster. And I'm like, look, do you have a favorite musician? If you do join the show, talk to me. I don't care if it's Leonard Cohen. I don't care if it's Queen. I don't care if it's the Bee Gees. I don't care if it's Metallica. If you're passionate about them, join me on the show, share that joy, share that love. And, and, you know, because it makes for a great conversation. It does. And and Jesse, you know, I I was listening to one podcast where you were talking about kind of how you went through cancer. Yeah. You know, and, and God bless you. You know, I mean, thank that, you. that to me, you are a hero. You know, oh, thank it, you. It, I appreciate that. I, I mean, I mean it because I, yeah. I can only imagine just sitting there when the doctor's like, hey, man, you got cancer or however right. even the hell that goes. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. Like, it, yeah. it's, it, it's it, I just what goes through your mind. And I can I'm a, not a betting guy, but I, I will bet that there were probably nights where you're like, I, how am I going to do this? Yes. And like a, a Bruce Springsteen song comes on or you yeah. watch a YouTube video or a DVD of your favorite concert of his. Yeah. Um, and it, and then multiply that by the 700 people you've talked to through this show. Yeah. I mean, just think about the, the joy you're spreading in that and the strength of your story, you know, multiplying by 700. That's well, amazing. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell a, a a quick story about that, Justin, and I've told this before, but I haven't talked about it in a while. So, you know, I, I was, I, I was in a lot of pain. And so my doctor said, go to the emergency room. So they're like, Oh, we think you have a tumor. We, we know it's tumor. And then by the third day and it's cancer, you know? And so they're, they're talking about it. And then the doctor the heart doctor's got to make sure your heart's strong enough for surgery. And so it was on a Sunday and uh, my wife feeling the pressure and everything, we'd gotten in a little bit of an argument, nothing major, but just, you know, just all the pressure going on. I probably was a little bit of a jerk. She was a little bit impatient with me. And so she had gone home and I had a couple people with me in the heart doctor came in and said, um, your test doesn't look like your heart's strong enough for surgery. He says, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do a different kind of test to make sure you're okay. And so all of a sudden, you know, the few people were with me, you know, hugged me and I'm laying there alone in the hospital room, like, holy crap, what am I going to do? So I took my phone and I created an, 
F-U-C-K cancer playlist. And I just threw Bruce on there and I threw a few other artists that I love. And I just put my headphones on. I put my head under the cover in the hospital room and I just threw myself in music and um, surgery. And I, my heart was fine. I ended up having surgery. I had to go through like eight rounds of chemo and Frank, I never listened to a podcast. I didn't watch videos. I, every time I went in for chemo, I had a playlist going on and just the music of Bruce, um, Jason Isbell had had the Nashville sound had just come out. I played it and it was all music, just, just upbeat, beautiful music, just to, you know, um, just to, you know, it's okay. You're going to be there. And, and it is not a cliche to say he is the soundtrack of our lives. He has been our good companion. You know, when he says you need a good companion for this part of the ride. And I think his music has been a companion to many of us. Yeah, man. And, and like, you know, I, I have, I don't know if you, I have yeah. Badlands tattooed on my arm. Yeah. You know, and, and a buddy of mine also has that. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, it's a wild story, man, but life comes at you, as you know. And, yeah. And, uh, my buddy, dude, we grew up together. Who's my aunt had passed away. This kid was a rock. I mean, you want to talk about just a guy who's there for you no matter what, and, yeah. and uh, you know, just an unsung hero in, my, in the story of my life on many levels. And his wife uh, ended up having some medical issues and went through a very difficult time. With she was in a, a vegetative state. Dude, mm. twenty eight years old. Mm. vegetative state perfectly healthy girl just happened one morning vegetative state but one of those songs that him and i listened to was badlands over and over and over and over again because part of it too and he was a young guy think about that struggle your wife's in a vegetative state she eventually passed away you know god bless her and and him and her family and his and um you know that was a young guy trying to figure out how do you manage this? Like you're 28, yeah. dude, you're not supposed to be, to be burying your wife. Exactly. You're supposed to be talking about kids and you know, what's yeah. next. And um, you know, I just, so Badlands is one of those songs that carried us through that moment and, and yeah. in time, and which was a lot longer than one moment. And sure. uh, fast forward a few years. Um, I was working at a beach bar in convention hall in Asbury park. Yeah. And one of the cool stories, I'm, I'm going to tell it now, why, why not? I mean, yeah. Um, we, we were working, it was Labor Day weekend of 2013 in September. I was working on one side, my buddy Teeds, Teeds texts me and says, uh, he texts I, a few missed calls from him, and then I saw a text message. I was it was busy, it was Labor Day weekend at yeah. a beach bar at conventional. The one text he sends, Bruce is here. Wow, Okay. <laughs> Now, like, I think that he's kidding with me, right? Like, you're a Jersey Shore guy. You're like, yeah, sure. Bruce is around on Labor Day weekend. Okay, whatever. Yeah. yeah, like, he's in a beach bar Labor Day weekend. And I, like, slowly make my way over there. I expect to see Teeds standing at the bottom of the ramp, like, hey, let's go grab coffee real quick, shift change, whatever. Yeah. I don't see him. So I keep walking up the other ramp, and I walk in the bar, and I see, like, a guy. I'm Now I'm behind him, Bruce, and I see Teeds, the bartender, and yeah. I'm behind Bruce, and I see, like, a Bruce-ish guy, you know, with the hat, the white yeah. T-shirt, you know, a guy that doesn't look like a 23-year-old girl in a bikini right. at the beach bar, which is what you get at a beach bar. And 
I walk around the bar and I see like, okay, that's Bruce Springsteen. Like what the hell is going on right now? Yes. And you know, it's Labor Day weekend, Asbury Park, like you name it, man. Like you can't draw it up any better. My buddy Teeth gave him a shot of Patron in a little plastic shot glass because it's always yeah. <laughs> it's not like a, a nice bar. It's a little right. plastic shot glass. I walk behind the bar. I show Bruce this tattoo, and he gives me a high five. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That just freaking happened. Yeah. And Jen, like that's, that's one of the many stories like that along the boardwalk. And the craziest part of that, um, at, at that point, I'm done. Like, I'm working. Bruce is hanging. The yeah. other guys are working that bar. I'm done. Like, I'm not going to be that guy. Like, oh, hey, hey. So I go stand with some security guys. Bruce comes over to us. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, guys, you know, what's going on? Like, this is a packed house. I haven't seen Asbury looking this hot in a while. And, you know, where are these people from? And how are you guys making money? How was the summer? Asked all the questions that, like, a plugged-in Jersey guy would ask yeah. at a beach bar. And I said at the end of the conversation, and you're not supposed to do this. I'm working, but I just, I had to do it. I'm like, hey, Bruce, yeah. I don't want to be that guy. But I have your song tattooed on my arm. Can I walk you out and grab a quick picture? He's like, yeah, I'm going to need you to get, get me out of here anyway. Yeah. Me and another security guy are walking Bruce Springsteen through convention hall, yeah. talking to him like it's you and me. And we take a cool picture. He gives me a handshake and he's on his way. It, it, and that happened like three or four times on the boardwalk over the years where I'd see him and you talk and chat. And- so you sent me three photos, yeah. all at different ages. You were, yep. Bruce looks the same in all of them. You look like different. Like he's made a deal somewhere to still somewhere. look this good. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, so I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, you know, you talked about Badlands. Another song to me was um, All That Heaven Will Allow. Yeah. Uh, for the because of the phrase now some may want to die young man young and gloriously get it straight now mister hey buddy that at me because i've got something on my mind yeah that sets me straight and walking proud i want all the time all the time that heaven will allow yeah. and if you're fighting cancer you know or if you're fighting anything you know you do that i want all the time all the time that heaven will allow and it is one of the things I think that comes through to this um, is that how flexible his music is that, you know, let's take the rising it 9-11, but before that it was about a city struggling. And then it was about new Orleans after Katrina, you know, and, and just, yeah. this is it, it, in, in, you know, and then the, you know, this last, presidential election right the democrats were playing the rising you know for during their themes it is it is just such it's almost a rorschach test you know a rorschach test of you that you see yourself in his music and how it speaks to you well and jesse it's the rorschach is great great like way to put it because and i am not Look, I'm a Republican guy. I was, I'm a pro-union, like as pro-union as you could get, especially like the building trades. Like yeah. I will not work for a Republican politician if they're not pro-labor. Like right. I just won't. I would never. I. That's one of my things. It's like a stake in the ground. You mentioned right. your colleague who's like, hey, certain things, you know, I'll work for Republican or Democrat. I've only worked for Republicans. But if you're not pro-labor, yeah. I'm good. No, I'm not like, going to do I, it. Right. It, that, so that's to me, it's just like we have got the, the men and women who have built this country 
need to be taken care of in a way yes. that generations have forgotten. Right. So, and I think labor, especially, you know, our, our blue collar trade labor, labor unions are it. like that to me yes. is like it. Um, so, you know, I'm not the type who says shut up and sing. Right. I value art. I yes. value that somebody's opinion may be different than mine on a certain issue. We, but we probably want to get to almost the same place. We just have a different way of getting there. Frank, you have just taken exactly what I was going to tell you. One of my best friends is, uh, is a guy from Ohio. He is an artist. He is, um, he works, you know, he, he is an independent. So he is a small businessman, uh, but, you know, he, he self-publishes comic books. He, he's writes, he's, he does, you know, comic conventions, making all this. So he is as, you know, conservative as far as businesses as you sure. can be, but he says what he misses. And I think you just said it perfectly. You want safe borders. I want safe borders. We just disagree how to get there. Let's find a way we both can agree. You want everyone to have health insurance. I want everyone to have health insurance. Let's talk about how we do this together. And the interesting thing is, you probably even agree on about 60% to 70% of how yes. you do it. Right. You know, a lot of times it's just, a, you know, the, the things around the fringes that, that get stuck and um, you know, I, I use this line. I, you know, I have Republican friends, I have Democrat friends. Look, I, I work yeah. on, I still work in the bars in Asbury park. That right. is, that is a, uh, that is a progressive community that right. I have very good friends that are heavily involved in different causes. And, yeah. you know, I think of garden state equality, which is a gigantic LGBTQ organization that I, I love the guy who runs it. He's a friend. He's, yeah. I, I've helped him. They were having an issue. There was a, a bigot group that was trying to, they wanted to take the, the rainbow flag down in front of their office. It was hanging on one of our utility poles. I work for the utility company. Yeah. You know, and, and it got to my desk and I said, look, stop. Like, this isn't going to get taken down. If anything, I'm going to come out and help put it up even higher. Yeah. So, you know, it's those things. But, you know, and I, I joke with people sometimes. I'm like, you know, the same people who are telling Bruce Springsteen to shut up and sing or got mad about that Jeep commercial, which by the way, was amazing. Yeah. The same people who are saying shut up and sing or got mad about the Jeep commercial are singing born in the USA at the top of their lungs while they chug Budweiser. Yes. And, and it's like, dude, like you can't do both. You can't yeah. tell a guy to shut up and sing and then celebrate that song in a way that we, it was never intended to be celebrated. Yeah. And, and I, this almost makes me weep just out of joy because um and you know little uh, little steven will tweet this a lot right that we need two parties we need that is that is where you find your strength and in, in in debating and coming up with a good solution that that you know compromise means well, not everyone's happy, but that's okay. We got something done, and there's something good for there. And well, and well, I, th- I, yeah, no, go ahead, please. Justin, and please. the extreme, the extreme right and the extreme left. I think all it, it's they start becoming more about winning than more about accomplishing, and that I know has got to be frustrating to you because it's frustrating to me. 
Sure, and I love little. I love Stevie, man. I love. Yeah. I've, I met him outside convention hall one time, yeah. and he was as cool as could, you could ever yeah. ever hope. And um, you know, but look, even just think about Steve's experience in the East Street Band. Yeah, he was a guy that probably a lot of times was, was going head to head with Bruce. Yeah, and he was the one leading Bruce in a direction, or you know, helping Bruce get to a direction, and and Bruce was helping Steve. And those two guys had a lifetime of compromise. Yeah. I would guarantee, you know, you ask either one of them, like they're probably 50, 50 on their battles. <laughs> well, yeah. And like, right. Like, like they talked about, um, you know, tracks are some of those are the arguments. Little Steven yep. says, these are the songs I lost the battle out. Yep. Like, no, this one we should have been kept for ourselves. Instead we went to other people. Yeah. Um, I usually start with, you know, and we're already into, you know, a, a 30 minute conversation, but you know, what kind of music did you listen to? What kind of music did your family listen to growing up? I, crazy enough, Jess, my mother, again, she was a, a hairdresser in the 80s yeah. at the Jersey Shore. So, I mean, Bruce Springsteen, Bon Jovi. Uh, I yeah. mean, and the cool thing is I live in Bradley Beach now. Yeah. And I found this out not too long ago. I've, I've lived here about 11 years. Bon Jovi used to live literally in an apartment right across from me. Like oh, in how my fun. apartment complex during Slippery When Wet. You know, that oh, okay. Movie. Yeah. And that that photo shoot was like two blocks away from me in Bradley <laughs> Beach. Bruce used to live on Fifth Avenue in Bradley Beach, um, you know, which is a few streets away from where I live right now. He yeah. wrote uh, Sandy there, okay, um, in Bradley Beach. And I'm, I saw Bruce at a book signing once. I was wearing a Bradley Beach T-shirt, and a book signing happened to be in Georgia, where yeah. I met a buddy of mine, Jamie, who is one of the guys. He's also he's a veteran who uh, yeah, I've, he tweets a lot about your stuff and. Uh, we met at that event. I was wearing a Bradley Beach shirt and Bruce like, you're a long way from home. I'm like, Hey man, I've traveled all the way down here. He's like, Oh yeah. I used to live over on fifth Avenue. I'm like, how cool is that? Yeah. Um, so Bruce's music was around me a lot. Uh, I was kind of, I kind of got into like the punk rock stuff. You know, we were close to CBGBs in New York city. So, yeah. you know, there were New York hardcore music, you know, not necessarily what you would think of like Deftones screaming stuff, more like punk rock. Yeah. Um, and I remember there was a local band that used to cover No Surrender. Okay. And that was one of the first times as a teenager where Bruce Springsteen was no longer my mom's music. Ah, interesting. Yeah. It, and I'm like, wow, Bruce Springsteen's kind of punk. <laughs> yeah. Like, how the hell did this happen? You know, like, and then you start like, diving into his music a little bit in my, my late teens, my early 20s. And so I think that's when I got past, you know, the top, you know, the the greatest hits album and started diving into things like The River, you know, which today to me at 38, never married, no kids, um, you know, that constant struggle of seeing what everybody else has and wondering, like, do I like the, the ties that bind, right? You know, I yeah. don't have those in a lot of ways. Sure. I'm a, I'm a single guy who lives at the beach at the Jersey Shore. Single, I'm dating a beautiful, great woman who, but I'm saying, you know, I'm not a married yeah. guy. I get you. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was pretty neat to me because I can literally pinpoint that, that moment and hearing that band play it and then being like, oh, maybe this isn't my mom's music. And then, you know, just going down the rabbit hole in my late teens and 20s and as I've continued to develop and grow and um, you know, I just like, I, I love so many different facets of his music and, and, but 
punk rock and hardcore took me to that. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys would say, oh, Bruce Springsteen's a sellout. He's, dude, that guy's as punk rock as anybody. I, I yeah. mean, and, and he, I love what he's done with Gaslight Anthem, you yeah. know, years ago when he was, you know, playing with those guys. Like, Bruce Springsteen came alive on stage with those guys at Convention Hall. I mean, and yeah. they were a local Jersey punk band, you know, and um, so. Yeah, yeah I, I, as a fan, but, you love seeing the amount of people and the diversity of people who talk about how his music has influenced them. Sure. You know, like Ken Rosen, when he does the covers and he shows, you know, Ken Rosen on his blog, right? He'll show all this diverse people yeah. doing covers of Bruce's songs and making them different and working. It, it's fascinating. Um, all right. I, I always like to preface this. And if you've heard the podcast, you know, I do this, that the amount of times you've seen him in concert is not a fair barometer of how big sure. of a fan you are. There are people that have never seen him in um, in fact, I've had two recent people that are extensive world travelers. They have lived in multiple countries. They have traveled thousands of miles and each have only seen him once. Wow. I was like, how <laughs> with you doing this? And they's like, it just never worked out. But for the record, uh, do you count how many shows you've seen? You know what, Jesse? I don't. I mean, yeah. I'm in the neighborhood of, I would say probably like, that 13 to 16 range. And yeah. I'll have to like, I have to one day, like figure out exactly how many it's yeah. been. Um, but you know, like crazy things. Like I saw him at the book signing. I saw him at two different books. Signing. I've yeah. seen him on the boardwalk half a dozen times. I saw him at the wonder bar. Remember he did like a two hour set with Joe Grishecki yeah. a few years ago at the wonder bar in Asbury park. Jesse, I was three feet from the stage. My my head exploded. I was like, yeah. how is this? Like, this is what it was like back then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 350 people in the bar and Bruce Springsteen and Joe Grishecki's band and Joe Grishecki himself is a great musician. Yeah. I mean, those guys just blew the roof off that place. I, I left. I remember I had to take my shirt off when I left the bar because it was drenched. Yeah. It, it covered in sweat and beer and water. It was and probably some other liquids. Uh, who knows? But yeah, that exactly. Was, so I probably at 13 to 16 range, I, I would say. Yeah. Do, um, what um it any stories from shows you want to share you've already told some great ones about meeting him and you know book signings how about show stories uh, okay uh convention hall 2009 yeah rehearsal show uh the second night i didn't have a ticket okay just did i didn't have a ticket it were hard to get you know what is that a 2000 person venue i showed up hours before the show with a sign. I'm probably in my mid-20s at that point, maybe 23, okay. 25, whatever it was. No, 2013. So I was, yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, 24, whatever. Okay. Um, I showed up with a sign that said, Jersey Shore Kid needs one ticket. That's it. <laughs> now, Jesse, if you are a Jersey Shore Kid, like, that's your shot. You know? Like yeah, that, exactly. That's there you I go. Am. I appealed yeah. to, the, to his better nature. Right. I had no idea I was going to see Bruce Springsteen enter the facility. I had no idea. I just thought maybe somebody coming up might have an extra ticket and just right. say, hey, I, want to, I would pay for, double for it. You know, it sure. wasn't like a money thing. It was, yeah. There were $100 seats. Sure as hell, Jesse, I end up in a place that I would end up working years later, convention hall, 
Yeah. I end up like on a little side alley and the security guard says to me, he's like, Hey, Bruce Springsteen's going to be here soon. You see where all those fans are standing? I'm like, yeah. He's like, they might have an idea of where he comes in. Okay. Deal. Okay. Yeah. I go it. over there. Sure as hell. Bruce Springsteen's car pulls up. He hops out. He signed an autograph. There's probably 15 people there. It was like the middle of yeah. the day. The show was that night. I'm not like, I don't want to ruin the moment because there's, so, you know, 15 people. Everyone's getting their yeah. shot to see Bruce Springsteen. So I'm just standing with my sign like this, dude. And I'll send you a picture because yeah. I still I have a great oh, yeah, picture. Oh, yeah, that's great. I hall with it. And I'm standing there with the sign up. And, you know, he's kind of like, he looks over. I can see, like, he noticed me. He's got sunglasses on. He looks yeah. over at me. I, I stood out a little bit with the sign. Yeah. Um, and uh, I said, Bruce, since I can't get a ticket, have an autograph. He looks over at me. And he chuckles and he looks yeah. at the sign. I thought maybe he was just going to sign the sign and call it. Yeah. He taps the guy next to him. He says, get that kid in the show, will you? Dude, that was it. That's, That's it. That. Yeah. that was it. The guy. And, but I'm like, how? Like, what am I going to do? Like, they don't know my name. Yeah. And they walked away. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I'm done. Like, I missed my shot. Right. I'm standing outside with the sign. A cop comes up. This is two hours later. A cop yeah. comes up and he's like, uh, Bruce Springsteen's guys are looking for you. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> are you kidding me? I, the cops like, come on, come with me. Like, and I'm like, all right. I, so we walk up, and his trainer Tony, yeah, at the time, uh, introduces himself. He's like, hey man, like, uh, great sign, like, good idea, and he hands me a ticket. And, and dude, I got in that venue. I was front row. And I had a Yankees hat on. I, maybe I made this moment up in my head. I have to find if there's a tape of it. Because I swear, at one point during the show, I'm like front, like front, yeah. front, you know? Yeah. He says, you made it, man. And he pointed right at me. And, and again, I don't know if I made that up. Maybe I did. But that happened in my mind. And that was just. That's that, awesome. That, was, that yeah, is I mean, greatness. Yeah. Just That's that hilarious. was like as scrappy as it gets, like. I love that. That's just, it's just, yeah. The Jersey Shore kid needs one ticket, man. Nobody should steal that. Nobody no. else should steal that. That's copyrighted. No. I've had a couple of people talk about that. It's really the experiences, not necessarily the amounts. Or, sure. you know, there's talk about, you know, now that Bruce is in his 70s, you know, will we get the four hour show or, you know, will we get, will it go down to, you know, less than three? Will it go to two? And the reality is, right. It's the experience. It isn't the time. It's those moments. Are we going to get those magical moments? And, you know, someone, I think it was the guys at the um, none, but the brave podcast talked about like the no nukes, like, because they knew they only had 90 minutes that they almost treat it like an encore. You know, they had that energy yeah. of going in like, oh, this is the encore. And I think that's a perfect example. That's a memory that is something special, yep. right? That he took it. And I, I asked this during the river tour. Um, and I said the, the second river tour, because there were so many stories about him signing kids permission slip to excuse mm -hmm. them being late, having people come on stage and sing with them. And I, and I said, is, is this always happened and we just didn't hear about it? Or mm -hmm. 
is this happening more now because Bruce is just in a looser, better place? And I think it's a little bit of both. I think social media makes it a little bit easier. You know, one of the things that's beautiful is, um, you know, when he's touring and, um, you know, he, he showed up a couple of years ago at Brian Wilson was there, you know, and he ended up being on stage for the encore Bruce played with him. And, you know, I got to see that, you know, and so there is now because of cell phone and everything, there is a lot of moments we see. Um, So I just think that's a great moment that just, you know, you just, that's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, again, you you know, you just go up there like you're on a wing and a prayer, but how many guys throughout their, they're young twenties, you know, Jesse, I don't know how old you are. I mean, but you're yeah. 62. Yeah. So 62 years old. Think about it. So for decades, you would show up at, on a, at a ticket master on a Saturday morning, just like, yes, please. Can I be the guy who gets in line? You know, yes, exactly. Water. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of in my mind, it was like, Hey, I'm going to give this thing a shot. It was 2009. So it was before social media dictated every move in our lives. Right. So it's not like I was doing it for some Facebook thing. I was doing yeah. it. Cause I'm like, I don't know, maybe somebody, so I'm going to appeal to everyone going right. to that show. Yeah. And if they, yeah. Cause you know, it is, it, it's like one of those things when, um, when you're looking for a job, right. Um, I talk yeah. about this. You, you don't want to be that guy who's always talking about, Hey, I'm still looking for a job, but at the same time, you don't want your, your friends and your network to, oh, well, I haven't heard from Jesse. He must have gotten something, right? So it's kind of like, I'm not trying to be pushy, but hey, there might be someone that has, oh, my friend ended up not coming, or, you know, I just broke up with my girlfriend, so I have an extra ticket. And uh, absolutely, you know, Donna with Bruce funds, right? That's what she does. She, you know, I I love those people. I love them. Yeah, it exactly. You know, because they're just trying to find, you know, available tickets to available people and putting them together. Yep. Um, Thoughts on Western stars and letter to you. Loved it. I I loved Western stars. Now I went and saw Western stars in a movie in Freehold, the movie theater in Freehold by myself. When exactly did that come out? Was that like in that was in the fall? Yeah, something Maybe. like that. Yeah, it wasn't long until I was leaving for six months of infantry school down in Georgia. Okay, where you know basic training and infantry training okay. are all in one. It's twenty two weeks. You're off the grid. You're like wow. You know you're living as a soldier. You know you're doing a, yeah. you're doing a deed. And I remember I went and saw that by myself. Um, very intentionally because, you know, I got some flack. Some people were like, oh, it's, yeah. geez, it's not Bruce. Dude, I loved everything about it. I, oh, I, I loved the, the footage. I, I loved, I, I just, and I can't tell you, talk about soundtrack of our lives, how many times I would think back to like a scene from that, that, you know, him playing where we're like running at 4.30 in the morning. And yeah. like, I know I'm going to eat in two and a half hours. And I'm starving right now. And it's like, yeah. It, it just it, it touched me at that point in my life. You know, he talked transcendent, and it meets us where we are. His music, a lot of times. Yeah. Um, that for some reason, it just really, I felt like he was doing in that something he so deeply wanted to do. Yes. For probably a very long time. Yeah. And was either afraid to do it or didn't just you know didn't move the box a little. You know, one thing had to get changed, and I loved it. He he felt free in it. Um. 
A lot of people said it felt forced. I didn't think so. He's a, he's no. a musician. He's an artist. I like, mean, that's what artists do. He's I mean, in his barn. He's got yeah. people around yeah. him. I was, I was envious of the people that were getting there in right. that audience. I would have loved yeah. to have been there. And it was just it. And I, I love watching not just Bruce, but creative people having fun as they're making art. Yeah. You know, whether it's, it's, it's a, someone at a comic book convention I go to and the guy's sitting there and he's at the table and he's sketching for kids or for adults, yeah. whether it's a local theater company putting on a play and you watching them do it, or, um, you know, if it's a guy at a bar sitting over a guitar in a little, you know, tip jar and he's yeah. just doing James Taylor and, you yeah. know, and, and just yep. songs. I mean, I, I just love people showing joy in their lives. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, how long have you been? You said 11 years in the National Guard? Did I remember that? No, no, uh, three, coming up on three. three, three. Why yeah. the National Guard? Uh, I joined later in life, Jesse, and I talked about this, uh, you know, throughout my life a lot. When I was in college when 9-11 happened, okay. my cousin, and in New Jersey, that impacted us significantly. Oh, sure, I can imagine. the world, but, you know, yeah. it, you're close to it. You had a front row seat. You knew people whose families oh, you know, yeah. lost people. It was a thing. And um, my cousin had joined the military the year before, and he was like a big brother to me. And um, so for a lot of years, I was that guy that almost joined. You know, my parents okay. after 9-11 were like, you know, why don't you finish college? If you finish college and still want to join, like maybe you can do that. You know, I think the thought of your son going to war, I guess. Sure. You know, that Absolutely. Really, you know, that, that's a thing. Um and again, you know, tied into Bruce at the end of it, but, um, you know, years go by and it's like, all right, I got a job. I got the girlfriend. I got this, I got that. And I never joined. Yeah. I was 35. I was in the gym one night in Bradley beach, right up the street from a, a bakery that uh, Bruce Springsteen will go to on occasion called Del Ponte's. And I'm in my gym, Jersey shore fitness shop Friday. It was a Friday night. I called a recruiter and he said, I said, Hey, I'd really like to join. And, uh, the guy said, well, how old are you? I said, you know, a few questions. How old are you? 35. Yeah. He's like, you're done. Like if you, you didn't ship, you have to ship by your 35th birthday. Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm done. Like, that's it. The guy's like, yeah. So I reached out to a buddy who's had a very successful career in the Navy. And he's like, look, man, I'll reach out because I know that you can get an age waiver for it. Yeah. So it was one of those things, man. And you hear a lot of guys who, who haven't served in the military and, you know, say, oh man, I wish I did. I, I, I almost did. And for a long time, I was that. Yeah. You know, I, I really wished I did. And, and my cousin ended up deploying four times and, you know, throughout the global war on terror. And, you know, he experienced some issues because of that. Yeah. And to this day, the guy does so much to help other vets. It's so inspiring to hear. Um, so that was what, that was it, you know, and Bruce talks about it a lot. You know, he talks about the yeah. Vietnam guys he met in California and, sure. and uh, you know, that, there were so many guys like that in my life that I, I just wanted to emulate, you know, I looked up to them so much, you know, what they gave up, they, what they sacrificed. And, you know, I, I just, I, it's something I really felt I, I had to do. And, and, uh, you know, luckily I was able to do it. And it sounds like it's, it's brought, you've enjoyed it. In other words, there is, there is a satisfaction in it. You're glad you did it. I am. I am Jesse, because it, it was eating me alive. 
You know, yeah. it's just one of, we all have those things in our lives that like, man, the regrets, the things I wish I did, the girl I wish I asked out. Sure, the, absolutely. The concert I wish I went to, you know, the football game, you know, you're a Cowboys yeah. fan. Like, you know, yeah. you know, did you miss a Super Bowl in a night? Well, it's, like, it, it is, I, I joke about this, but um, in a lot of ways, as a Springsteen fan, you when you find him, you think of all the shows that happened before you were a fan, you're almost like you're chasing a, a missed extra point, right? Like your yep. kicker mixed yep. the extra point and then the rest of the game, you're chasing it. Like, okay, now do I go for two? Oh, now I didn't get it. Now I'm down, you know, yep. now I'm, now I've got two points versus, you know, and so yes, there is that way where you, and I talk about this a lot um, to me, that's what um, Better Days is about. I believe that his song, Better Days, is telling you, enjoy life as it's happening now. Yes. Don't wait for your ship to come in, you know, right now and is what you should be enjoying and your journey. And, and I think very well done. Do you and, think you'll stay well, in it for a while? I don't know. It's funny you said it because, you know, you talk about chasing extra points. You know, one of the, I'm an inf- I went enlisted infantry. So, you know, yeah. our job in the military, we're the guys closing the last hundred yards on the battlefield. Right. And I, that was very intentional. I had a college degree. I, I could have gone the officer route. I could have been sure. an intelligence guy sitting in a tower, you know, yeah. on a computer somewhere. But I went enlisted infantry because that my generation fought a war. Right. It just did. And, and I didn't. So right. I, in my mind, I needed to go to where I could do that. Um, and you know, my buddy, Ryan, I was talking about, he's not only, you know, he's a Navy guy, but he's also been a SEAL for, yeah. for a considerable, a considerable part of his career. And we talk about it a lot because I say, you know, I'm an infantry guy. I've never seen combat and I may not. Right. And he always says, he's like, Frank, don't chase that dragon. Yeah. Because it, it could catch you. Yeah. And, and, you know, oddly, you know, oddly enough, he just, one of, one of the guys that he serves with recently passed away and, and, you know, it's deep, man. It, the The whole thought of that is deep. And it's the amount that this generation, you know, we talk about the greatest generation in World War II, and, and yes, absolutely. Yeah. But the guys who fought in Korea, the guys who fought in Vietnam, think about these global war on terror guys. Yeah. 20-year wars. Yes. They deployed my cousin four times. You have special forces guys, 11, 12, 15 combat deployments in 20 years. Yeah. I mean, that's a generation. It is. and But, you know, something to think about is um, I'm always someone who doesn't complain when I get the notice for jury duty. I'm like, oh, good. This will be I want I wonder if it'll I wonder one, if they'll pick me because, you know, you don't always get picked. And two, will it be an interesting case? And I I always can remember the judge saying i know some of you are going to sit here all day you won't get picked on a jury you'll go home and you'll think you've wasted your day but the reality is often a a defendant and the prosecutor and the defense counsel will come to an agreement because there's a jury waiting to happen right so you 
by just being there have helped the wheels of justice. And I think the same thing could be said for someone like yourself. While you may never have been in combat, just the idea that you are there if you're needed helps make this nation safer. So thank you for that, right? And, oh, uh, you know. It's important. Yeah, service yeah. is important to me. And, you know, I, I try to do a lot in the community. And if I see somebody that I think I can help and, you know, I just try to. And, and veterans yeah. to me or I just, you know, veterans, single moms, you know, yeah. these are people who, man, like day in, day out, they go through a lot. <laughs> and it's just. Do you yeah. think you'll go back into politics? I don't, I don't know, man. Jesse, honestly, if I saw a spot that I thought I would enjoy the process of, yeah, because I don't think many people in politics are day-to-day making the type of difference that, to me, I can make outside of politics. Yeah, I hear you. And we talk about a food bank. Yeah. If I'm a politician, I got to spend time in my day making phone calls, asking people for a thousand bucks so I can put a TV commercial up telling everybody how, how much this guy is a bum. Right. You know, Friday, you know what I'm doing Friday? I'm going to pick up a bunch of presents that our company has kind of collected yeah. for a toy drive for children of disabled veterans. Nice. So if you have a disability rating from the VA and you're a veteran, you can go to this place that's run by another veteran and get Christmas toys for your kid. No questions asked. Yeah. So like, I think about that. I'm like, that's what I'm doing Friday. Instead of like, you know, holding three fundraising meals where, you know, a bunch of people get together and give me a thousand bucks and tell me how great I am. You know, versus, you know, what, what I think we can do day to day to really impact people's lives. So there is um, Mark Holtz was a baseball announcer for the Texas Rangers. He was the radio guy for years and um, he died of cancer um, within the same time frame as Princess Diana died. And so we sports guys. Very. Um, tongue-in-cheek of like well we're a little more upset about Mark Holtz than we are Princess Diana because we heard Mark Holtz every day during the summer right he was in our lives Um, and his family put together a foundation and all they do is they um, families with children that or families that someone is facing a you know a life-threatening illness they take them to the ball game Dude. They get them tickets, they get them food for, you know, concessions and they go, there are other, there are other charities out there trying to find cures and God bless yeah. them. And there are things, but we're just trying to make a family that's struggling and having a hard time. One night you can just forget about it and go watch a ball game. Yeah. Uh, yep. And, and that's it. So you know, look, I, maybe I get back in politics when I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's not calling me. Yeah, I don't feel right. it. It's not, it's not, I've been there, done it. I mean, look, I worked yeah. I, I, by 35. I worked for the governor of my home state. I worked for, you know, two of my hometown congressmen. I mean, yeah. what's cooler than that? Like you work for your hometown congressman. Yeah, that's great. Like, one was a football player, John Runyon, who if yeah. a sports guy. I mean, he, he became a congressman. The other guy has been an incredible, uh, mentor to me 
and uh, you know him and his family really live by a way that inspires yeah. me. And um, I just I am I get fired up and most passionate when I am focused on you know very grassroots problems. Yeah. With very grassroots solutions. Yeah. Um, because I, again, I just t- that takes the noise out of it, dude. Yeah. You, you can't argue about some with somebody on Twitter about the family up the street who just had a fire two days before Thanksgiving and they don't have a table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you want to sit here and tell me I'm, I'm evil because I was my baseball coach when I was a teenager happened to be running as a Republican for mayor and I helped them out. And that's what made me a Republican. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and I, I was, I was almost in tears this week. Um, my company does uh, peer recognition and we call it, um, I, we do roadside assistance for um, campers and recreation vehicles, the RV industry. And okay. so we have our values. And so we do RV awards. So it's kind of a pun, right? Sure. And um, so peers nominate other people. And then if clients give us compliments, we give that to our agents and employees. And um, I got called up front along with three my HR person, a couple of managers, and someone had written up that, you know, her mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Her father has dementia, so he doesn't know what's going on. And she just wanted to acknowledge that um, we had told her to take care of her family. The job's here. If you, you know, if you can work good, if you can't, and she, she's like, I got to make money. So, so we worked out a schedule so you could be there for her mother and her father and be there for her family and still work. And it was just the right thing to do. I mean, it was just one. And as she talked about, I'd only been here three months. I'd only been with the company three months and you guys did this. And we, we were crying when she read this article, you know, this write-up about us. And I go, you know, that's what this is about. That's what leadership's about. This is absolutely, I, I am, I believe in capitalism. I believe that you you need to make money and people need to have profits. And I understand, you know, that um, I should pay my employees who do are more productive, more money than an employee who's not productive, but there should be a heart and you should be able to work with people. And, and I think that's, that's where we make a difference to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Day to day, man. Yeah. Day to day. Yep. Absolutely. And I do think, you know, when Bruce says no one wins unless all of us win, that's what he means. I mean, that's what he means is we've got to be there for each other. Um, and I know that um, as you talked about the Jeep commercial, right, um, someone said the reaction of the far right and the far left of how mad they were at the Jeep commercial tells you how far away we are as a country, right? That both sides of the extreme were unhappy with him when all he was just saying is, Hey, can we figure out a way to work with each other? I mean, right. It was a cool commercial. It was a cool commercial. (laughs) In fact, I, I, Frank, I thought this isn't a new, this is a fake commercial. I said, this is someone took outtakes from Western stars and put it together. Right. Like, cause it, it looked like that. That is great. And that church, right. Oh yeah. The church. I mean, and you know, Tom Zimney did it right. I I mean, 
what an amazing job done by him. I mean, it, yeah. it just it told a story. And again, like let an artist be an artist. Exactly. Uh, oh, he's wearing a cowboy hat. He's you know lives on a multi-million yeah. dollar farm in in Colts yeah. New Jersey. Hell yeah, he does. There's horses on it too, man. So, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe and, he is kind of a cowboy. I, and I mean, may, you know, and and I get that. Well. You know, it, it was a chapel. I, I'm, you know, a Muslim, right? I'm, you know, a Jewish. And I'm like, I, I get it. But I just, most hospitals have chapels that are yeah. non-denominational, that are about, and no one's going to get between you and your relationship to your higher power. You know, we, we totally believe that. My friend, we have gone all over it from the funny to the serious. I have just loved visiting with you. Any final thoughts before I ask you the Mary question? Jesse, one of the things I say a lot is it's a good day for a good day. And, yes, I know, saw it's, that. It's, and that was kind of boring. I didn't make that up, but I started saying it, you know, in, in a very difficult time. It's a good day for a good day. Just kind of through my head, you know, bring it. It's a good day for a good day, man. Like you may not want to. And that, that to me, like, if there's somebody who's listening to this, who's struggling, if they, you know, made it through the hour of you and I pontificating, um, you know, and they made it to this and they're struggling or they're going through something difficult or they're not, it's still a good day for a good day. And we can do one little thing and I'm not perfect at it. We can do one little thing to help that neighbor to lift somebody else up, especially when we're down that I know that helps me immensely. Yes. Um, so, you know, look, man, that, that to me is, uh, it's just, it's really helped me a lot in my life. So yeah, that's, I'll I, leave you with that simple thought. Very nice. All right. So if you are a fan of Frank's and you're listening to this, and this is the first time you've heard the podcast, thank you for joining me. Um, subscribe and give them ratings. Rate yes, exactly. Five stars, baby. Jesse yes. gets five stars, a hundred percent. Yes. It. So um, Jay Armstrong is a former honors English teacher in the Philadelphia area. He uh, would take every year his honors English class and they would break apart Thunder Road as a uh, poem. And um, he would, they'd look at the themes, they'd look at the imagery Bruce uses. And then at the end of the two days, he would say, does Mary get in the car? So Frank, that is your question. Does Mary get in the car? I don't want to, I'm an, I'm an optimist by yes. design. Right. I don't think she ever does. Okay. Ever. Okay. I think Mary to me, and obviously Mary's been a recurring figure, but we'll keep it yeah. on that, that song. itself. So. I don't think she does because I yeah. think the greats, if, if Mary got in the car, that's the end of the story, man. Okay. That's it. That's it. What else is Bruce Springsteen searching for the rest of his life? Mm-hmm. So that to me is just, I don't think she did. I don't think she ever does. I think Mary is a figure, a person, a theme, a thought of that thing that you may never catch, but right. you can pursue your entire life. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, that's the idea of that open road and take you anywhere is like, yeah, well, if she got in, where the hell you're done. <laughs> I get it. I think that that's a good answer. Jesse, I want to know what you think, though, because I never heard your side of it. So I, um, you know, a lot of people say that she does because, you know, 
that album is a journey. And if she doesn't get in the car, there is no journey. So um, I believe, because I believe in happy endings and I believe, um, uh, you know, I believe she gets in the car. I I think. I can see it. Yeah. I, I think that it, it, I often want to ask the question, I know in real life, Bruce's sister and her husband that he based the river on have a very successful marriage, right? They are still married. They are, he talks about she married a cowboy and he still, you know, does this. But I think about the people in the song, those imaginary characters and did they have a, would they say they have a successful marriage? And they talk about, you know, is a dream alive if it don't come true or is it something more? And, but I think, I think happily ever after is complicated. And I've been married over 35 years and, you know, and Linda and I, you know, have good days and we have bad days and we have, but the bottom line is we still like each other's company. And so therefore, in our mind, it's been a very happy, successful marriage. So, yeah, I think that Mary and, you know, the singer of the song, they get together and I think they have fights and I think they have rough patches and they think they have joys. But I think at the end of the day, they go, you know what, I'm I'm glad you got in the car and I'm glad we, we went on this journey together. That's what I think. And I can see it. Yeah. I, I'm rooting for it. I, I love it. Yeah. And and even that, like, think about that, are diverging where where we yeah. are, the Warshack test. Yeah. I'm a 38-year-old single guy who's never been married. Right. And I live at the Jersey Shore. And to me, Mary is like that concept of yes. that thing that's just always yeah. there that, like, you just – you think about. You just right. wish you had. You're chasing. You, and I just – I love I love both of the, the endings. You know, like yeah. I love, I love your way of, of viewing yeah. it. I love, I love that. Like that Mary from born to run is Mary from the river. And, you know, uh, the guy, um, Brian Koppelman, who is the co-creator of billions. Um, great yeah, great, great show. show. And I, um, he had a segment on his podcast, ask me anything. And so I emailed and his daughter said, I've got someone. And so she read my question. And um, and I was just like thrilled, like, okay, I didn't get him on the podcast, but I got to answer the question. And his answer was, he doesn't want to know. The beauty of the song to him yeah. is that Bruce left it unanswered. Yeah. And he said, that's a question it's an interesting question, he said, but I don't want to know because I think that's the beauty of the song that you you're left wondering and what could it be? And, uh, you know, and I think that's a beautiful answer, too. It all is because, you know, yeah. what? it makes it, it makes us smile a little bit. It does. You know, look, I mean, it does. The, your listeners can't see it, but we've been smiling for the past hour. You know, two we have been strangers like, yes, just, just yipping away about everything we've done. 
we've covered a lot of ground, my friend. Yeah, we have. And And, uh, this is just great. I feel like we could keep talking too. I just, just, you know, this is wonderful. (laughs) Um, If someone wants to reach you, what's the best way they can, Frank? I mean, just find me on, if somebody wants to reach me, I feel bad for them because I don't know what the (laughs) hell, they must be bored. Uh, But I, you know, Frank Luna NJ is my uh, Instagram and Twitter or whatever. Hopefully people are are tweeting at us nice things. So we don't have to do Absolutely. Yes. anger that exists on the internet these days oh i do um thank you frank this was so much fun i am so glad that someone suggested and this was just a joy i I wish you continued health and success and and please be safe and listeners you be safe i um go do what your doctor said suggest get vaccinated let's get out of this be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to do through this and as you know frank talked about right those little things we make a difference in each other's lives really will and jesse was a gentleman named joe who i've known a while who i guess tweeted that you and i should chat and you you know we i don't know how we made it over an hour without touching on the pandemic but you're right be smart be safe and take care of each other it's so simple it is we learn it in kindergarten, you know, yeah. and people have strong feelings on everything these days. So, you know, just be kind, just be yeah. kind to them. Be you know, and, and someone said this, and I can't remember who it said, but I think there's so much genius in people want to believe the worst in others and the best in themselves. And, you know, and it just, that's true. Like, why would you not think that, well, I'm going to give this person the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to assume they didn't mean to hurt my feelings. I'm going to assume that they did this. And then versus why, because that's what I want people to believe about me. The Lord's prayer, right? Yeah, it truly is. <laughs> All right, my friend, you be safe. Right, Thank no, you so God much. You. We'll talk soon. Yeah, Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you so much, bud. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. We have a website, www.setlustingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash... And right now, who does? You can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking hard-rocking, music-loving, album-ranking, fan-thinking, joy-spreading, lyric-reading, story-sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. The theme 
for Setla Sigbruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.